Hi everyone and welcome along to the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, the podcast that aims to help you reduce and even eliminate work-related discomfort. I'm your host Neve Pentney of Boyne Ergonomics. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really hope that you're able to take away some useful practical advice from this podcast to help you reduce your own risk of discomfort at the workplace or help manage the risks among the people that you might be responsible for. So now that we know I'm here, let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Ergonomically Speaking podcast, where today I am stepping out of the office, I'm putting on my lab coat, and we are stepping in to have a look at the world of lab-based tasks. This episode is all about promoting safe ergonomic practices in the lab. So laboratory-based work is an essential part of scientific research and the pharmaceutical industry, and it's an area that I've been working a little bit more closely with lately, which is what kind of inspired this episode. Laboratory-based tasks are generally obviously highly specialised and they can involve high levels of ergonomic risk factors such as static postures, your repetitive movements, poor or adverse postures, high cognitive demand, high level of focus, fine precision movements, manual handling, I'm working with chemicals. Now, the occurrences of musculoskeletal disorders among lab-based workers is really well documented, but I just took two studies just to give you an idea of the kind of issues that lab-based workers are looking at and the prevalence. So in a cross-sectional survey that looked at musculoskeletal discomfort among medical science students, Pencala et al. in 2018 reported that over a third of these students reported musculoskeletal discomfort during training in the previous 12 months, with a quarter reporting musculoskeletal discomfort in the last seven days. And the areas that were reported as being uncomfortable or having issues were the hands, the shoulders, the lower back and the neck. Now, what I found so interesting about this study and why I included it is these were students. These are not full-time lab-based workers. They were spending one-sixth of their time in the lab compared to a lab-based worker, and they were reporting discomfort. Now, I know, obviously, when you think of students, there may be other factors such as laptop use, etc., to consider. However, I think it's incredibly significant that they were spending a low level of time in the lab compared to a lab-based worker, but they had such a level of discomfort. This was echoed more recently in the findings of Nalunga et al, who found that 48.3% of lab-based workers reported one or more instances of work-related musculoskeletal discomfort in the last year. So to ensure the well-being of your lab-based employees, it's absolutely crucial to promote safe ergonomic practices when they're completing their tasks. Lab-based workers are generally speaking highly trained, highly specialised, And it's really, really important that you keep them healthy and safe and well so they can come to work and do the job they're trained to do. Otherwise, it's going to put additional stress on other workers if you have some workers, one or more, out of work, sick with musculoskeletal issues. You have the stress involved in and the additional workload, I suppose, involved in getting through the occupational health process, getting them well, working with them to make sure they're well enough to come back to work dealing with phased returns and that kind of thing. But then you have the extra stress and the extra demand on the employees that are in work 
who then have to try and cover for their employee or their colleague that's missing. So in this episode, I'm going to have a look at the key areas of concern in a lab and provide practical advice to reduce the risk of musculoskeletal discomfort, fatigue and stress in the common lab work areas. I'm aware, obviously, that every lab is different. The tasks are different, the level of the tasks. But there are some kind of generalizations we can make, and that's what we'll look at. The areas that I'm going to look at are work organization, tasks done standing, tasks done seated, computer-based tasks, working at hoods and safety cabinets and isolators, working with microscopes, pipetting, and manual handling. So those are the areas we're going to look at because obviously I'm aware every lab is different. So we're going to keep it quite general. Having a look first at work organization. So work organization is fundamental to maintaining ergonomic safety in the lab because you need to make sure that your workers are not excessively exposed to one or more particular risk. And what I mean is you want to make sure that you don't have one employee who does all, for example, the decapping or all the pipetting and they're not doing any other task because that's going to expose them excessively to repetitive movements and fine motor movements that could cause issues in the upper limbs. You want to make sure that all your staff are trained to do all the tasks. So as a lab manager, you make sure that you prioritize work organization, plan the work, schedule the tasks in a way that allows for breaks, avoids excessive repetition, avoids excessive exposure to one or more risk factors, avoid rotating employees from a task to another task with similar characteristics and risks. So for example, moving somebody from a decapping heavy task to one that has a lot of pipetting one after the other because they're quite similar demands. Always encourage maintain a tidy workspace. So keep your lab bench clear of clutter so you don't have any accidental spills. Reduce unnecessary movements as well by keeping everything nice and close to you and ensure that the lab area and floor is free of obstructions, trip hazards and spills. So maintain a tidy workspace will obviously help to reduce excessive stress on the body, excessive repetition and slips, trips and falls. Arrange your frequently used equipment and your tools and supplies within easy arm's reach so you're not unnecessarily stretching and bending and twisting. And use labels and colour coding. So properly label your chemicals and your materials to minimise confusion and time spent searching for items and accidents and anything like that. So work organisation is incredibly important to reduce unnecessary strain and accidents. If we have a look at standing lab tasks, so if somebody is doing a task that is required kind of standing for extended periods, consider the following. Areas where standing tasks are done should have anti-fatigue mats. So these mats provide cushioning underfoot to reduce the stress on the legs and lower back. Should be provided in areas where tasks are done mostly standing. Benches, where possible, should be adjustable in height. Because this means that the work surfaces can be adjusted to the appropriate height based on the task that's being done and based on who's doing the task. So in some labs, there's multi-use areas. So different employees are using different areas because obviously we want them to rotate around the tasks. But you could have an employee who's 
you know, five foot two. And then the next person is six foot two, but they're using the same height work surface. So you need to ideally allow the height of the work surface to be adjusted so that, you know, they can bring it up, bring it down based on what they're doing and who is doing it. Change position. So where possible, if there's a task that's generally done standing, there should be the option to alternate between standing, sitting or perching to just reduce the strain on the lower back and the legs if they're going to be there for a little while. And take regular micro breaks. Always important that people stand up, stretch and walk around at regular intervals so that you can relieve some of the tension and improve the circulation of the blood around the body so no one area is kind of getting excessively under strain or fatigue. For lab work that's done seated, this can of course also be physically demanding, not just standing. Make sure any seating being used is adjustable. So whether it's for a fixed height seated, fixed height standing, or an adjustable work surface, the chair should be adjustable in height. You should have adjustable lumbar support and comfortable padding. Adjust the chair and the workbench height where you can. So before you start your task, make sure the chair is in the right position for you. The workbench, if it's adjustable, is at the right height for you. And for the task to get good alignment of your arms and legs. And if the workbench in particular is not adjustable, make sure footrests are available. Appropriate footrests. I will say this. A lot of labs that I go to have high benches with seating, which is great. But the seating you'll know for high benches generally has a foot ring around the bottom. And the foot ring is usually adjustable in height. The foot ring is to be used for getting in and out of the chair. The foot rest is the foot ring, apologies, is not supposed to be used for stability when you're seated. Because if you look at somebody's foot position when it's on the foot ring, it's behind the knee, which means that the back and the hips are working quite hard to stop you from falling forward. So foot rings are only for getting in and out of the chair. If somebody is seated at a high bench and their feet cannot reach the floor, which most can't, well, then there should be an appropriate footrest. Usually a standard office footrest won't be enough. You need to have one that comes a little bit higher. And the good thing about these is they can usually be adjusted in height by using a foot pedal on it. They're really effective, really good. But a foot ring is not a footrest. Just want to make that point. And of course, seated lab tasks, take your regular micro breaks, get up and walk around to reduce static loading and boost your circulation. For computer-based tasks, so most labs will have computer workstations because results have to be inputted, data has to be checked. You know, there's still a a level of computer-based work. Standard DSE protocol applies. So make sure the work surface is appropriate. Make sure the seating is adjustable. Make sure there's a keyboard. Make sure there's a mouse and a monitor. Use an adjustable stand so the screens can be put at the right level. Sit back in the chair, feet flat on the floor or footrest, elbows level with the keyboard, shoulders relaxed, and you're looking straight ahead and take your regular micro breaks. Move around. Working at hoods, isolators and safety cabinets. This can be difficult because these particular areas generally do mean the kind of involved the person has to adjust themselves to the environment and not so much the environment to themselves. So Make sure the hood or the safety cabinet is at a comfortable height. 
that there's no unnecessary strain um, and use adjustable stands if possible and if available. Adjust the hood or cabinet sash to position it at a level to minimize strain on the arms and necks where you can. Use a footrest. So a lot of lab employees know how to comfortably position themselves at the hood. They know where to put their elbows. They know where to position themselves. But I have found, especially among shorter employees, when they get that positioning right, their feet don't reach the floor. So you make sure there's a footrest available for that stability underfoot and that we're not having excessive contact stress on the back of the thighs. Proper ventilation, maintain a comfortable working environment, but make sure there's adequate ventilation as poor air quality will lead to discomfort and health issues. And make sure that the PPE provided is appropriate for the task and the user. Poor fitting PPE, especially the gloves, can result in adverse postures, repetition and additional forces required to complete the task. So one thing I see a lot, particularly with isolators, is the gloves ordered, the gloves that come fitted with the isolator, are usually a size too big for the female users. What happens is when they put their hands in these gloves in the isolators, there's quite a lot of glove left at the end of their finger. So when they are trying to pipette, when they're trying to open um, files, etc., the glove is in the way and they kind of have to bend it backwards to try and, and get a good grip and a good hold. And this means that they have to often try numerous times to get something open or they have to apply extra force to try and grip it. The poor fitting gloves I have found in particular when it comes to isolators can be quite a cause of discomfort and limit time inside the hood. So minimize prolonged exposure by planning and organizing your tasks efficiently. This is important because like I said, hoods, isolators, safety cabinets, they do usually involve the person having to adjust themselves to the environment because it's not as adjustable as other environments. You try and limit the time spent there. Working with microscopes. So microscopes can be quite a source of discomfort. Try and maintain an upright posture. So try and keep your back straight and your head aligned with the microscope's eyepiece. This may mean you need to use an adjustable microscope stand. So you can bring it up that you're not having sitting on a bench and lowering yourself down to it. Make sure you have good lighting so the microscope is well lit to reduce eye strain. And use additional lighting where you need to. And take your regular breaks. So the most important part of the microscope is to try where possible to bring the microscope to your height as opposed to you down to it. Pipetting, oh, pipetting can be quite a source of discomfort. Um, use an ergonomic pipette. Choose a pipette that has an ergonomic design, has adjustable plunger force, a comfortable grip um, to reduce the strain on the hand. Practice proper pipetting technique kind of before you get stuck into the task. Make sure you know how to use them properly. Train yourself on them. Use the right finger position and apply the minimal force. Alternate your hands. So where possible, switch between the dominant and the non-dominant hand. Um, avoid overreaching. So position the pipettes and the samples within easy reach. Regularly calibrate your pipettes to make sure they're accurate and easy to use. Where possible, I do recommend digital and um, multi-tips if it's suitable to the task, just to, to make it a little bit easier. And finally, looking at manual handling. Manual handling of equipment and of stock. 
keep equipment at waist level so position the equipment at a comfortable working height so you don't have awkward posture so looking at your centrifuges etc make sure they're at a good height use trolleys and carts to move equipment and stock around ask for help if you are dealing with heavy equipment stock and you have to move it and you don't have manual handling aids available request help and always practice appropriate manual handling technique so bring yourself down to the load using your knees. Keep your load close to your body and use the leg muscles to push yourself up. Don't pull it up using the back muscles. Avoid twisting the spine when you're lifting heavy objects and point your feet in the direction you want to go and where you want to put the load. This was just a brief overview. By paying attention to these things, your work organization, your workstations, and following ergonomic guidelines, the risk of musculoskeletal injuries and discomfort, fatigue and stress will be reduced, making sure that your workforce in the lab are healthy and safe and well. As I said, this was a general overview. As always, I can be found online. I'll put my social media handles in the show notes. I'll put the link to the blog post about this episode into the show notes and my email is there too. If anyone wants to reach out, send me a message or any suggestions for future topics please reach out always happy to hear from people and until next time everybody stay well <laughs>